Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) I wonder if this audio will be different because it's a bigger room. Oh, it will. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's why we have... This portable setup is to do our best, but when you run into big old rooms, you're going to have big old echoes. Do you remember Rooms to Go? Is that Does that still exist? I think so. Oh yeah. my gosh. They, they used to play those commercials so much when I was growing up, and I used to beg my mom like... <laughs> to go to Rooms yes, to Go? Wow. I'll never forget and going... get like a bunk bed with like a dresser? No, I wanted a trundle bed. Trundle bed. I yeah. will... Actually, I do remember a bunk bed. Do you know those bunk beds that had like... The top bunk was the bunk, but then the bottom bunk was like a desk... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and also, like, some of them had, like, you know, a bunk bed has a ladder, but some had, like, a built-in ladder. Oh, yeah, Like, a thing you would, like, climb up and it had, like, storage It's like a bookshelf, but it's like a, oh, my gosh, I will never forget. My mom did take me. It was across from the mall. We went to Rooms to Go, and and I could just see it on her face. Like, we can't afford any of this. Yeah. And I was like, this is what I kind of was envisioning for my room. And she was like, "Mm -hmm." Mm mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's it's $1,999. We're not doing it. I'm going to buy you a $200 bed, and we're going to call it good. Yeah, you're going to get a bed frame, and I'll get you a nice Comforter. I mean, in her defense, she really, she she negotiated down to the comforter, but I was very happy to get the comforter that I did. Hello, everybody, by the way. Uh, oh, uh, so I think a fun question would be if, if anybody wants to partake in this. Yes. Team trundle bed or team bunk bed? Like, Ooh. what's your dream? Yeah. Now, can I share with you a fun side note that's not sure. going to be included in that, sure. uh, a poll that we have here okay. that's not really a poll? Right. Also, at some point, Spotify said they're going to start rolling out polls in podcasts. And really? we don't have a big listenership of our podcast. Like, How I think do you do that? Like, if, if you're listening on Spotify, you'll just be able to tap into There'll just be the- a poll that you can, I know. Wouldn't it be great? But, like, not everybody listens on Spotify. But it's also a cool thing to think about. Anyway. It's smart of them, though, because then people will say. Make it more interactive. Yeah. No, I know. And then, like, people like us will be like, if you're yeah. listening on Spotify, and then it'll bring people to Spotify to right. listen to podcasts. That's the whole idea. I know. That's a great um, idea. So trundle bed, bunk bed. Let me tell you a curveball bed that I ran into, <laughs> which is think. fantastic. Water bed. Here in San Diego, <laughs> here yes. where we live now, uh-huh. I lived when I was eight to eleven years old. I believe those are the Nobody, ages. Nobody uh, cross-referenced the those uh, ages because you no. have a terrible memory. Yeah, and but you I'm were pretty, probably five. I feel pretty good about it. I, I feel okay. like we could call Kelly. That's my mom. Uh, she would verify it's pretty close. Okay. The reason why I remember is because this memory stands out to me. Right. So we were living at 118 Suceda Court. Uh, well, first of all, don't dox your, your eight, <laughs> 10-year-old self. <laughs> uh, which is in Rancho Penasquitas, okay. which is right Again, inland. Again, you're being a very specific. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I believe before we lived there, we were house hunting for the house to buy. Okay. Or maybe when we were living there, they were doing a little bit of Zillow pre-Zillow. This is 30 years ago. Like, Zillow doesn't yeah, exist. definitely. Pre-Z. But I remember... We went and looked at a house, uh-huh. had to be out of our price range, and I can tell you why. <laughs> I go into the little boy's bedroom that was clearly for a little boy. Right. Dark wing duck poster on the door. Wow. So you just knew. You knew you what you knew were getting into. You knew what you into. were getting into. A bed mounted up in the corner of the room, mm-hmm. mounted to the wall. Like floating? Floating. You, you got to be shitting me. That's what I thought. And I remember as like an 8 to 11 Do year old. Do we think that was structurally sound? Not at all. Do we think that dad used anchor... Screws. Absolutely. He just put in some plugs in the wall and like screwed some He's stuff like, in. He's like, good enough. Like, He's right. like, 
How much can 10-year-olds weigh? Go ahead, Jeb. Sleep in there, you know? <laughs> you know? Uh, I will never forget it, though. But, yeah, you were like... At some point in my life, please. when we have kids, I'm going to build that corner bed for them. And I, it's going to... I'm actually not going to build it. We're no, going to have we're it We're going to have a structural but engineer come in and Can do that. you imagine how cool that will feel for them? And then, No, like, we're not spoiling our kids that way. They're, they're going to walk we're, around... Then our master bed... They're going to be douchebags walking bedroom. around this earth, and people are going to be like, what, did you have a lofted floating bed? And you have real floating bed energy then walking our, into then our master bedroom has to have a triangle <laughs> corner mounted bed. Wait, it was a triangle? Yeah, no, no, it was in the corner. It was in the corner. So look oh. at the corner of the room. No, I know how corners work. And across the corner, which is why then, it was so cool. Okay, well, the part that's confusing to me is that beds are rectangles. Right. And corners I, that's are why triangles. it was so amazing. Jeb had to be very small. What was in that little empty space corner? Oh, like was it a, a desk? custom mattress? Like a desk underneath it? But yeah, no, 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 in no, the I'm bed. Saying, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I think it was custom mattress. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but now I want to do this for our master bedroom. Yeah, no longer for our child. No way did Jeb turn out okay. <laughs> also, how much of your room would it have to take up to have enough sleeping for space to do a, a corner? corner? It's like the worst use of space of all ever time. of all time. You walk in and you hit the bed. Like I the actually, whole room is bed. I actually remember speaking of corner bed setups. Uh, I remember I went through a real HGTV phase. Uh-huh. Also, any listeners remember the show? I think it was called Trading Spaces on TLC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would like swap out. Anyway, there was a real, I went through a real interior d- design phase, probably my creativity trying yeah. to come out. And there was a moment where people were really big into diagonal couches, diagonal beds. Like it really changed up a room to like mm-hmm. go against the grain mm-hmm. and like do that. And so I begged my mom. Well, actually I didn't have to beg her because now that I'm thinking about it, I did just have a bed frame and it was like a rolling bed frame. Yeah. <laughs> so my mom would come home from work and I would have rearranged our entire, my room. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to make my bed across a corner but then you have this weird triangle space, space in the it. corner yeah, yeah. i got i'm mm, i think i managed to tilt my large bookshelf onto a towel and shimmy it across oh. the floor <laughs> so that that's what was, what was in. back there and i loved that setup. so half of the bookshelf was useless because it was just yes blocked by but bed. below yeah. yeah yeah and i use it almost as a bedside table but then i realized if you don't have a bed a headboard it's a very confusing oh, yeah. setup because your pillows just fall off the bed because yeah. there's nothing for them to rest up against. I also love but how I committed to it. you know you've become an adult yeah. when you have a headboard. Like That's you grow up as a kid, like kids don't have headboards. So just like get in your bed and like go to sleep you and use your pillow. Do you think? Our, I, our I, friend, I feel like other kids have headboards. Leah, when we went to their house, they're like, we finally got a headboard. We're adults, remember? And like we did the same thing in Florida. Oh, we yeah, didn't have a did. headboard. And then we finally got a headboard and we felt we like didn't adults. We a headboard in Florida? No, when you first moved in. Oh my God, you're right. That's what I'm saying. We weren't adults. Well, because I think it's like a very, it's a, it's not a necessary piece no, of furniture. No, it is a completely uh, word of the week, superfluous purchase. Like, right. absolutely. You're like, this doesn't do anything structurally to the no. bed. It just adds decor. Exactly. Decor. <laughs> it adds a it little, adds a little bit, bit of decor. So here's what I want to do. Come in this bedroom, <laughs> make the bed triangle. Just go triangle, cut a corner. My Florida's showing. Yeah. And then we're going to add a little bit of decor. Decor. Spruce it up. Um, All right. That's enough bed talk, I think. Okay. You think so? Okay. You think so? It felt like a good preamble to the preamble. It really did. All right. Let's get into a bunch of different updates. The title of this podcast episode is What Can We Do to Make This Easier or How Can We Make This Easier? Yes. And the whole idea now, as of recording this, we are just under 30 days until we leave on this trip to Europe to live abroad for a year. We are keeping track of our friend and villain, our Marvel villain, Omicron. Yes. We are watching him closely. 
as of but right not now, too closely. the two countries that we are starting off with for two weeks in each one, two and a half are weeks in each okay. one, are going to be okay. They're okay right now. We just uh, we need to get tested yeah. before we go over, and we'll be fully boosted by then. So be the all right. third country on our list, and at some point we will be sharing the countries with you, and you will know them all. The third country on our list right now, not looking so good, not looking but great. we're hoping that that will be uh, what is that? mid-February, end of February, when we would be going there. So hopefully things will be cleared up a little bit. So we'll just keep track. We'll obviously keep you all posted. And you just get to live this as we go through it. Also, we're not under the um, impression that we're going to somehow evade COVID. So we know that it's it's possible yeah. that we, you know, like... Let's, just, let's talk about Let's talk okay, about Okay, let's that. talk about it. Let's, let's dive into about. it. Let's, talk, let's just dive into the COVID factor. Yeah. So here's here's kind of the way that I have been thinking about it and the way that we've been talking about it. And then I don't know your exact opinion great. on it because I think it changes. Great. A public podcast is a great place to have this conversation. Absolutely. But we have had this conversation. COVID is not going away. As much as, soon. as much as we all wanted to believe, I just don't, I don't think it's actually going away in our lifetime. I think just given <clears throat> how much it mutates and how we just can't vaccinate our entire population it's of this It's going to be planet, like the flu is what you think. It will be like the flu and it will continue to mutate. Not that we think up. that it's not, a, that it's the same as the flu. We know it's very different from yeah. the flu, but you're saying in the flu, in the way that it's this thing every, that yep, you can Every catch. year there's a new strain, there's a new thing. That's why we have flu shots every single year. It's because the flu is always m- mutating and evolving. It's just, we're fortunate the flu isn't it's deadly but it's not like crazy deadly where you have to worry about as much i feel like that's covid moving forward so for us in this trip there's all this news of like a new mutation all these things and and what we again this is what i have come to is it could get worse in a year Mm -hmm. and so why not go now when we know as much as we know we see as much as we see we are taking a risk by going but we're also i think taking a risk by if we didn't go and then a year from now, what if it got worse? And then it's like, hey, travel is just, you just can't travel for, you know, right. we're banning all travel for a year or whatever because yeah. it's mutated, into, you know, and, and I'm not trying to be a doomsday or I'm not trying to say all that. I'm just saying from like a risk perspective to us, I, I feel like we're taking a calculated risk in going, but we take a calculated risk just in existing in our home right now and like living our life here. Absolutely. And I do think that what we've all learned from the COVID experience is you're constantly negotiating this balance between living your life in the way that you would like because you have this one precious life. However, balancing that with being a responsible human and thinking about the greater collective, right? So you're constantly balancing these two elements. And for us, this trip is so much a part of, um, you know, a life experience that we so desperately want to have. And we, you know, stayed home for a year and a half and we did. And so it's like balancing that, but then it's asking ourselves, how can we pursue this very selfish desire to go on this trip with as much responsibility and thoughtfulness that as we can. And for us, what we've decided is that looks like getting fully vaccinated, meaning all the way to booster. It means wearing our masks. Yep. It means not putting ourselves in unnecessarily crowded environments. Like we're not going to be the ones going to the super touristy places where you're pressed up against people. Especially indoors. Yeah. Just not. Uh, Yeah. Trying to eat outside whenever possible. So it's like all of the mitigating factors are things that we're still going to practice. Um, And we feel comfortable with that level of negotiation between our desire to travel and our level of responsibility. So that's where we land on that. Now, 
moving on to just like in general, does it add to my anxiety a year that's already going to be very anxiety inducing for me with the uncertainty and the moving around and it's hard on my little sensitive body. Yeah. Adding the uncertainty of the COVID factor to it, it's a lot. Um, But the way that I have thought about it is much like you just said, which is what am I going to do? Stay inside for the next five years? Right. Um, I, I have to at some point venture out and take on a little bit of risk in order to not regret not living my life, you yeah. know? So for me, and I think also you've been kind of preparing me to be like, you might get it. Right. You might get it. And for me, that's like my worst nightmare because I swear the anxiety of it would be worse than the physical symptoms probably. Just yeah. statistically, based on our health, yeah, probably we would be totally fine. We'd have some mild symptoms. Um, but with COVID it's very unpredictable. Right. And so the anxiety of it would be such a terrible experience. However, I have to remind myself that it might happen. Like that is a risk that we take. And so I don't want to be blindsided. Um, so I'm mentally preparing myself that it is a possibility. It is on the table that we would handle that as it came that, you know, I've dealt with, bouts of anxiety before you're on your third bout of shingles i'm on my third bout of shingles like i can get through it yeah and i've come to terms with it yeah yeah and i i do i do see as we have moved past the super scary part of covid with all the unknowns to now we're at the covid is just mutating and we're having to figure it out it's still scary but we know a lot more than we did now we're in the realm of getting in a car every day is super risky like just statistically people get in car accidents every single day getting on a plane super like it's just there are risks every single place well, that you go let's be honest no getting on a plane is not risky at all right it's okay there, for those of us who are afraid been of a plane crash or even any turbulence in a plane in in, in a long time they haven't <laughs> no seen turbulence. it it's amazing how they fix that <laughs> but i think i think that's just part of the mindset moving forward is there's inherent risk in everything this is just a thing that we will manage that risk and make decisions based on what we feel comfortable with. And we don't do a lot of crowded people things anyway. So that's not, I don't think that's going to be a problem for us. Really, honestly, the biggest thing is going to be for us restaurants. Like yeah. that's going to be the thing of the hardest decision. If a place doesn't have outdoor seating or if it's too cold in the climate of the country that we're in, do right. we, do we eat inside at a restaurant? Some of you might be listening to this and being like, wait, you, you all haven't eaten inside of a restaurant. Cause maybe yeah. you're doing that. The answer is no. We no. we have when we've probably done it two or three times when we were forced to in other yeah. parts of the country, but not here when we had the choice. Yeah. Um. So that's a decision that we're gonna have to make: is do we feel comfortable enough yeah. to do that? And I'll say, like, we went out to dinner last night with friends. We ate outside. They tried to seat us inside first. We reserved outdoor seating. Walked in that restaurant. I would not eat inside at that restaurant. Just right. so you're aware, like that to me, it's too crowded. You're too oh, close to, to other know. people. Yeah. It's too many people in a restaurant. Like, right. I would sit. So, you know, as close as those tables were, if the restaurant was a third of the size. So there's like yeah. 15, 20 tables that I'm okay with. This restaurant has 50 tables, a people. full three rows of, of indoor, uh, like bar space. And it's just packed. I mean, it's packed. No, thank you. Like, yeah, you are just sailing through. You're just breathing in everybody's mu- droplets. Droplets. You're, All the you're, droplets. You're just like dancing through droplets. Can you droplets. put some more droplets on my pizza? <laughs> I will take it. All right, so let's move on. Uh, that's just well, kind of where. Wait, I, okay. we are moving on, but I wanted to ask. Hey, let's not move on. Let's stay right here and let's continue <laughs> to discuss. Before we get into all of the, the updates that we have for the people since last week, I wanted to ask you because you said we're less than four weeks away. Yeah. Check in on your feelings about the Oh, trip. okay. How you feeling? Uh-huh. How you feeling? 
Um, I'm feeling so much better now that the garage sale's done. Yes. That was a lot of anxiety for me of just thinking about all the logistics of it and not necessarily anxiety of like, how's, how's it going to go? Are we going to sell the things? But more of just, there's so many unknowns, like the getting into our little driveway. We'll talk about that more as a pain, but now that that's done, we removed a hundred plus items from our home mm -hmm. in doing that sale. Like that sale is mostly decor stuff. I do feel better. Like I feel, Thank you. I feel lighter. I feel like, you know, we're making progress. I will be honest with you, and this is a safe space here Absolutely. on our podcast, where we've decided not to do a second garage sale Probably, yeah. for your mental health. Um, that stresses me out a little bit because, all because of the I have to do you. the logistics of selling the remaining things. Now, we don't have to sell the remaining things. However, it would be extremely wasteful just to like throw our brand new sectional that's nine months old out on the curb and put a sign that says free. Absolutely. Like, it doesn't make sense. But it's just, uh, it's a thing for me that I just have to kind of like get my mindset into mm -hmm. and then I can just chip away at everything mm -hmm. and build a plan for when everything is going and how it's all going and what services I'm using. And, and really we're at the point now where it, it's a handful of bigger things. Like the kitchen stresses me out a little bit cause there's a lot of little things in the kitchen, mm -hmm. but I think we're just going to look up like, are there places we can donate besides a goodwill locally for like all the house type of items like the simple items that could go to use to someone who needs them mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily just going to get thrown away or put up for sale for you know in a goodwill or whatever so that's how you feel about like everything that's left to do logistics on this side yeah. of it how do you feel about as you think about the trip what's yeah so the, this what's is the where dominating this motion? is where our brains are so different right we right. talk about this in a lot of different aspects of life you're not even thinking about I it. i don't even think about it you don't even think about it doesn't even cross my brain i'm not worried about it i don't it doesn't take any emotional thought because your brain currency is what do I need to do right now yeah my brain is like I have a set of tasks in front of me I want to get these done mm -hmm. how do I get these done mm -hmm. I don't look a month like I do look a month mm -hmm. down the road obviously mm -hmm. like we plan for that we do all that but I don't worry a month down the road I worry about like what's in front of me now that's what I think about mm -hmm. so you just don't even think about it I don't even think about it Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's neat. How about, <laughs> how about you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the pitiful. Uh -huh. um, um, yeah, that's a different way of doing that. I feel, well, first of all, and we'll talk about more specifics of the garage sale, but I agree with you. And this is what I was trying to voice to you about why I wanted to do the garage sale in December. The garage sale has been so helpful for me in feeling like we're in the next phase of getting ready. Yeah. So much about managing my the mental health aspect for me of making a big change like that. This is I need it to happen in these like gradual steps so that my brain can adjust to, hey, we're doing this. This is happening. It's like I equate it to I've never had a child, but I imagine the nine months leading up to having a kid, you're like, now we're doing the what? A flesh bag. A flesh bag. A bag. <laughs> Those of you who are in Wayne will know. Yeah. We call kids flesh bags, and it's fine. Lovingly. So lovingly. Yeah. They're, like, it's a really nice bag. They're beautiful, miraculous It's a flesh really bags. nice bag. <laughs> but, like, I imagine, you know, you're, like, you're decorating the nursery, and you're, like, taking the classes, and you're you're sort of, like, preparing at each step of the way so that you, when you, you don't have, like, a complete shock when you yeah. have to take care of this, like, flesh bag. For me, that's the same for this big trip. You were having a travel baby. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I need to prepare my brain for it. And so the garage sale was such a big step for me in terms of like my fart studio is completely cleared out. Yeah. So it's like, oh, like something's happening. Like, and you know, it's changing and we're getting ready. And that was really crucial for me. So I feel so excited. I feel we're in like a new phase. Like I almost feel like 
in if if taking off and like going on this adventure is like the plane taking off yeah. in the metaphor, which is a little confusing because there will be a plane taking off, but I just mean yeah. the overall journey is the plane taking off. I feel like we just got to the airport. Oh, okay. You know, like yeah. I feel like we still got to go through security. We still got to go through security. Yeah. We got to like wait. We, we also have to go through security. Exactly, yeah. it's a confusing <laughs> metaphor, but I just feel like ah, oh, like okay, we're yeah. we're kind of things are happening. So, and I will say I haven't spent as much time getting worried about the future because I don't have the time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to worry about it. Um, and also I don't want to like work myself up into this place of where I'm like, Oh my God, like I can't do that. Like yeah. th I want to avoid that feeling at all costs. Yeah, absolutely. So I need to feel strong. I need to feel capable. And so I am allowing myself to just feel, just think of like next year as almost like a, like a hazy general, like vision and me being like, Oh, I'm excited about that. Yeah. And that's what I'm allowing myself to. Hey, you are strong feel. and capable by the way. I am strong and capable. There Thank you. you. Ready to talk about this garage sale? Yes. We're not going to spend too much time on it because garage sales are not the most exciting thing in the world, but there are some fun tidbits we wanted to share. Yes. And those of you who tuned in last week will know that our mantra was embrace the chaos. Yes. And boy, did we, we did. Okay. So we had, like I said, about 150 items, about 110 of which sold. Uh, we, Went through the night before, put everything in the garage. We rented some party the tables. The day before. The, it the took day an before. entire day. It, it did take an entire day. We also essentially only moved one room of our house into the garage, which was the fart studio. Turns out we had a lot more stuff packed into the if fart studio If you saw my Instagram story, you saw how many things. That was basically one room. And it also just goes to show you like how good we are as humans of like packing things away. Oh my gosh. And like how much you can fit in a space. I can't believe. Even for us who we... I would say we are more on the minimalist end of the spectrum. Yeah, for sure. Like we don't have any, we don't have a lot of things that we don't. We have use. open walls. We have open walls. You know, like yeah. there are some moms out there, not going to point any fingers, who like every crevice and crack you have yeah. on a wall, there's a frame on yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and but I will even say for us, I was like, wow. There's some stuff that was hidden away. Yeah, absolutely. So we we went through the day before. We put everything out on these tables that we rented. Uh, we then the night of went through and priced everything. So Caroline hand hand lettered a whole bunch of price tags. Sure did. We got Proud some some oversized post its. We we made prices on everything. We just literally walked item by item. We're like, ah, how much? You know, whatever. Just like made a price that we thought. And they would most sell of for. that, we we did realize. I don't know if people typically do price tags at garage sales. Yeah. But. You said the reason we wanted to do that is because what you wanted to avoid was people coming up to you all day long going, how much is this? How yep. much is this? this how much is, is this? This is for me, this is one of those, how can we make it easier things? Uh-huh, which is our I, new mantra. And like, we even wrote down like a bunch of little things on the post-its and whatnot. Like I, my least favorite thing is answering dumb questions mm -hmm. in life, just mm -hmm. in general. To so, be fair, if there were not price tags, it would not be a dumb question for someone to say, how much is this? I think it'd be dumb. <laughs> I think they should know how much that gold skull cost that we got from home goods and it's five bucks. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it, it just, it removes all of the back and forth. It removes all the questions. It removes all the, and just all the extra things that go on. But the funny part about it is I am glad we did the price tags, but one thing we noted like a couple hours into the yeah. sale is we were like, people are not negotiating. Like we, we priced everything thinking that people were going to negotiate us down. Right. And we, we like everything that we were like, I want to make $10 from this. We would price it 15. We would price 15 because we thought people would hack us like down. Our, our hypothesis is that people 
are like, oh, wow, people don't normally do price tags at so garage sales. So this is how much they so want. this is yeah. how much they really want. So nobody negotiated. I mean, very few people did. Yeah. And so we had to go through halfway through the day and start we were slashing, slashing prices. Slashing okay, prices. so let's get through kind of how the day went. So we have all the prices set up the night before. I don't sleep a wink the, that night because I'm stressing about all the things and think about everything, whatever. You had also created our garage sale signs. So we had yeah. five garage sale signs, a back, uh, back-to-back one that went out, out front, so it had a double-sided thing, and then three that would lead up. What's up? Just the details that you choose to include are so weird to me. Yeah, the three that would like, lead like up on the street. Like your brain's like, people should know that we had five signs, but two of them were back-to-back. That's what I, I want to know these details. <laughs> Don't you uh, hamper my details. <laughs> Uh, so we got those signs created. Those are ready. In the morning of get up around eight o'clock, the garage show is going to start at ten because we didn't want to start like Apparently even our that's neighbor. Late. Even our neighbor gave us crap. He's like, garage show starting at ten. Can I actually say something so about this that? This is a detail, huh? You want to share a <laughs> that's detail? That's a pertinent detail. The okay, front to back poster is not a pertinent <laughs> detail. Our our neighbor, like you were saying, made a comment about that, or where I was like. I came back inside and I was like, I can't tell if he's saying that this is late, (laughs) but this is a perfect example of how most people are like, got to do it this way, got to do it the way people do it. And the people, the way people do it is garage sales got to start at 7am. And we just sit there and we're like, if I don't want to start my garage sale at 7am, who's going to make me like, it doesn't mean I'll have less. I don't care. Like there's no world where I'm going to choose of my own volition to get up at 6am and have a cup of coffee and be miserable. Yeah. God, get up off doing stuff that just because the way people have done it. And if it makes you miserable, get up off that first line of a book that I read and wrote. (laughs) Okay. Uh, so, uh, started in the morning, got everything set up at eight o'clock. Everything was ready to go by like 9.30. Mm-hmm. I went out and set up the signs. Uh, we actually had a couple people. So we posted the night before on uh, OfferUp and on Craigslist mm-hmm. that we were having garage sale. We had a couple people show up at like 9.30. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, I put the garage sale sign out in the front. So mm-hmm. that one was already out there. So people were parking on the street, which made me happy because we have this like tricky little driveway with four houses and the four driveways. The parking was really stressing you out. Really stressed me out. Just turned because, out okay. And you want to know why it stressed me out? Because it you inconveniences other people. other people. And I don't like to inconvenience other people. You love other people. I don't want to inconvenience other people. Mm-hmm. I, at all costs in my life. I'm the person who you will never like bump into in a grocery store who's like lost in their phone. Never. Yeah. I'm on a mission. I'm going. I'm dodging. My cart is out of the way. I leave it at the end cap. I don't leave it in the middle of the Like I'm always thinking about these things for better or for worse. Wow. I never really put that together. But yeah, you're, you're very good at anticipating other people's needs. That's all I do. I know. When I'm out in public, that's all I do. Do you think that that is a coping mechanism from when you were a kid? Probably. No one anticipated my needs, so I anticipate everybody else's needs. What are needs? I don't have any. I just it's think fine. I'm gonna put that in my my <laughs> journal. My my Jason's therapy journal that I'm gonna hand to your therapist when you finally go to therapy. That'd and I'll be, be like, great. Hey, I already, have some info. I already loosened the jar for you. <laughs> <laughs> I can just sit there crying. And she's like leafing through 200 pages. She's like, okay, today yeah. Caroline on wants d- us to talk about you anticipated needs. <laughs> on day six. Okay, hold on. Yeah, okay. I got a checkbox here. I got to fill out. Oh, there's a corresponding notion template. Let me go get that. I just have a page here that says impertinent details. <laughs> What's yeah. that about? Oh, uh, he likes a snack before we get into a deep combo. Let me go get a snack. Okay, so we have the tables up. People are coming. They're showing up. We're wearing masks the whole time. We only had one person comment on our masks, mm-hmm. which I was expecting more people to give us crap. I mean, almost nobody who showed up wore masks. Like, I would no. say 3% of the people, if we had 100 people, three of them showed sure, up wearing masks. Sure, but to be masks. fair, like, it's outdoors, it's, it's totally spaced fine. out. It's more just, yeah. Yeah, a, more a just thing. a commentary. 
Um, mostly home decor items, a lot of random odds and ends, like old duffel bags, uh, just lots of other things, like a, uh, the pool float that we had. Mm-hmm. You know, the, um, I don't think that actually sold. I think we still have that. Um, we tried to sell it for five bucks. No one wanted it. Uh, and then like some bigger items. So we had my boom mic. Uh, we had the a Samsung frame TV, which was in the fart we studio. We had a love seat. We had our love seat that we bought when we moved here. So a couple bigger items, the exercise bike. None of the big stuff sold. Yeah. I think we also discovered that you really, and I, we did have an idea of put like listing the individual things from the garage sale on Craigslist. Cause I yeah. think we would have gotten some buyers, but we just, we were, we just it, were burnt out and we didn't want to do it. Yeah. So that's fine. But yeah, I think people, people who are out ready to get deals at a garage sale, they're, they're talking like less than and 20 And you could bucks. really tell, like that's what everybody was looking for. Like they were people looking for were the looking dollars. For the they deals. were looking for the $5. Yeah. So had a good rush in the beginning. Uh, do you want to talk about the, the mother daughter pile? Yes. One of my, so there's so many cast of characters that we yes. can share with you all. We won't take you through everyone, but truly if you, if you want to do some of the best people watching of your life, have, have a, garage a garage sale. sale. Yeah. One of my and favorite. And you get to get rid of some of your stuff and make some money. It's it, great. It's just a win-win. Yeah. One of my great like character loves were, was the mother-daughter duo who yes. showed up early, ready to claim. Yeah. And a lot of people, what they did was, so if you can imagine like our driveway, we set everything up in sort of a horseshoe U shape. And then our garage was completely empty. And so the the top of the U sort of backed up against the very front of our garage. And then we were kind of hanging out in our garage, sitting in chairs, like managing the money, whatever. A lot of people, what they decided to do was they would kind of hold things and then they would come to us, hand it over and be like, Hey, can you start a pile for me? Like, so that they could continue looking. Love to start a pile. This mother-daughter duo wanted minimal interaction with us. Yeah. So what they decided was they're just going to start their pile in the middle of the horseshoe. Right in the middle of the horseshoe. And it starts with like, we had this little like wooden stool yeah. and it sort of started with the stool and then they would just sort of like, like start piling stuff on top of the stool and stuff leaning up against the stool as they would like, they were going pretty quick too. They were sort of like scurrying, like finding yeah. things. And it just made me so happy because I this was it. like... Very supermarket sweep energy. Very like I'm on a time limit. Oh yeah, and then they would like I'm they trying would be, to get the bonus ham. They would like, be stuff opposite like sides of the horseshoe, and they would like look at each other and then, like hold something up and then like, run it back over yeah, to the pile. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Just it was the great. franticness yeah. of the energy really made me happy. What were, what were some of your favorites? Uh, well, also their checkout was fantastic because oh, yeah. they like looked and they were like, we're done. And so I walked up and I started counting things. I was just like, how about just a hundred bucks for everything? Because at a certain point, I just don't care. Yeah. They were and thrilled. they're just like, oh, that's great. I'm like, yeah, you made a pile. It's yours. You did all the work. We're yeah. good to go. We should have put a sign. Make a pile, hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, make a pile, hundred bucks. Uh, my favorite story, well, there are so many favorite stories, but the one I want to share is Darren. We just, Darren is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. So this guy meanders up off the street and it's not like a street where you typically would meander off of. Like there's not even in the sidewalk outside of our front place. He meanders up. He does a full sweep, a full look. He gets up to us. We don't know that his name is Darren. We just named him Darren. Mm-hmm. And he and we're like, hey, how's it going? Which is also like a small side thing that we really enjoyed at the garage sale was actually making like small talk with oh, other I, I love Yeah, I'm an introvert. And so if you would have told me on paper, like this would have been my worst nightmare. But I guess after a year and a half of like very minimal human contact, human interaction. I had such a great yeah. time just fielding people's small talk. So Darren walks up and, and we're like, hey, how's it going? He's like, oh, it's good. It's good. He's like, yeah, I'm just checking stuff out. Uh, my wife's not going to let me buy anything. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, okay. oh, okay. all right. But he's still looking. Yeah. Then this uh, SUV pulls in. She doesn't pull anywhere I near. I picture it being like, skirt. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It like yeah. she like hopped a curb. Yeah. 
like doesn't even roll down the window, just like waves at him. So he he walks away. He's looking back over his shoulder at like the things he clearly is interested in. Gets in the SUV. She turns around. They haven't pulled out of the driveway. He's pointing at items, and she's just clearly not having it. She's shutting Darren it down. Darren is a he is a garage sale shopper, uh-huh. and she's like, Darren, we like, we, we, we did this about last this. weekend. We said you have to take a weekend off. We couldn't hear any of this, but this is what we were yeah. surmising. And then they pulled out and just took off. And I just laughed the whole time thinking like, that guy really wanted to get some stuff. And his wife was not having Mm -hmm. it. And I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. She was like, we're going to end up on hoarders. You're not doing this, Darren. Not today. All right. So yeah, just to recap kind of the overall thing, I think we probably had about 100 people come come through. Yeah. Uh, The average sale price would have been about $7 based on, or $8 based on how much we made. Our total net amount made was $780. That tracks with your math. That's what I just said. I did the math before I said it because I'm intelligent and can do that. Uh, the bed would be in the corner. It would uh, be great. Math is not our strong suit on the podcast if you're a it's long-time true. listener. It's true. Mar- Maria, you were here for that. You sent over the uh, the math that we almost got wrong and the math that we did get wrong. Maria, you're the math <laughs> aficionado. Come on board. We Maria's need to- our math checker. Yeah. Uh, we So $780, uh, $191 of that went through credit cards. So we had a little credit card swiper. Or Sorry. 191 went through Venmo, mm-hmm. which I didn't know Venmo did like a scan thing now, which makes it so much easier. Just you just you, open up like yeah. a QR code on your phone and someone yeah. just holds their Venmo over it and they can just send you money. Boom. It's great. It's not that difficult to find a username, but it does make it easier. Uh, so 191 bucks on Venmo, $91 on uh, Square, which is just a little credit card reader that mm-hmm. I ordered for $8. So that was nice to be able to offer that. And then the rest of it was cash. And so I have a pile of moist cash. Uh, I say moist because one woman pulled out of her wallet, it was inside of her wallet, a $10 bill that was wet. How was it wet? When I tell you that it was wet, I don't mean like, oh yeah, like this dollar is like a little, no, no. It was wet. Ma'am? And I, what you been doing? I almost had to ask, but I was like, I don't actually think I want to know. You don't want to know. I, because it's gross and it's dirty. And I'm going to go wash my hands after touching this anyway. Mm-hmm. So 780 bucks. Uh, right after that, our neighbor bought the boom mic and our little softbox, not little, our softbox light mm-hmm. set. Uh, that was an additional two hundred and fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Then I sold the love seat because that didn't sell for hundred and eighty dollars to an adorable duo who have are going to use it in a rec room at a junior high school, which adorable. you just love. Uh, so that was an additional two fifty plus one eighty. Don't do this. Four hundred and thirty dollars. Uh, and then I have a couple other items that are sitting out there that uh, I might sell as we get into then selling the other big items in our home that we have left: our couch, our main TV, uh, our uh, storage unit coffee table, rug, desks, etc. So all in, we made about 1500 bucks ish mm-hmm. with the garage sale, a little bit under that. I feel great about that. Um, we'll have a conversation outside of this of like how much we're trying to get from the remaining items and then I'll just start chipping away at them. And it was a success. I think it was definitely a success. I'm glad we did it. And then I think it also gave us some context to be able to choose whether we want to do another one in January, right. which we're leaning towards not right now because... That goes back to the phrase of how can we make it easier? Yes. And I also, we don't have this listed on our list of things to talk about, but it's a big part. I think the reason we didn't write it down is because like we're a couple days past the breaking point. So we've I, I've been able to rest a little bit. Yeah. But... But definitely the past four or five days, it's been a perfect storm of coming together of like too much yeah like very close to just complete breakdown yeah Yeah. being done like and i've just had to voice it several times of like one of my great learnings of the past couple years is like 
saying uncle before you get to the place where yes. you're really your arm is pushed up behind your back and you're crying the and point. like uncle's the only way to survive right it's yeah. like you got to learn not to have an awareness when you're past the breaking point you have to learn to have an awareness when you're before the breaking point yeah. and so i've been able to voice that but it was just a confluence of things it was the shingles coming at the same time as the garage sale coming at the same time as the unfine art sale which yep. we'll talk about coming at the same time as our final coaching session yep. So all of these things coming Christmas, together, you know, like yeah, all exactly. Those the things, like, the Christmas just, stress, like yeah. it's a lot. And so I just have had to voice to you of like, this is not, this is not good for me. And so we've now shifted where like now our priority needs to be my mental health at all costs and how can we make this easier? And it doesn't matter if, if it costs us a thousand dollars by not doing another garage sale, that thousand dollars is more important to me in the form of like, yeah, being healthy as we move being and do this huge as we transition. Do this huge and I totally am on board. I want everyone to know who's listening to this. I am on board as well. It's just there is the reality of getting rid of the other stuff and then right. just not like losing our butts on the amount of money that we've spent on all this stuff. And I'm not trying to recoup every dollar. I'm just trying not to like have negative $3,000 in things that we could get rid of. Right. Because that money goes a long way. Like that money is a month of, you know, eating out at amazing restaurants and like experiencing two months of eating out at amazing restaurants and experiencing lots of great things in Europe, you know? So totally. it's like, it does have value. All right. Let's talk about the unfine art sale. Okay. Okay. How do you feel? Oh, I'm so glad we did it. Great. Um, for those of you listening who are like, the what? Um, so I had all of this art yes. from years of painting canvases and I did a daily art project in 2016 where I did a different hand painted acrylic, art piece with a hand lettered message. And so I had all these watercolor paper pieces of art from that project that are 18 by 24 18 by That's 24, inches for those of you sitting in a flat file, just sitting there yeah. as, as like an archive, which didn't sell at the garage sale, had to put that one at the curb, but that's okay. We didn't think it would sell the flat file. Is yeah, what the flat referring file. To. Impertinent details. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so I had all this art and I was like, I, I don't want to pay to keep this in storage. Like it's going to be a lot to ship it. I want these, I want to sell these canvases like, what do we do? A friend of mine, Nicole, had said, hey, like, she's sort of my friend where we talk back and forth about social justice and we keep, try to keep each other accountable to learning and, and taking action. And she was like, hey, I know you've talked to me about this. Like, I, you know, if you are wondering what to do with this art, like, it could be cool to maybe use it as a fundraiser for, like, a social justice organization that you care about. And I was like, oh, that's a really good idea. Seed was planted. And a couple months go by and now it's time to really sell the art. And so I was like, yeah. And, and this was after I had just gone through like a bunch of therapy and everything. And I was like, I think I want to find an organization that really sits at the center of social justice and, or racial justice and mental health. Yeah. That, that would be important to me. Like how cool would it be to sell all of this art? Cause we don't need, need the money. How cool right. would it be to sell all of this art? I wouldn't have to worry so much about pricing it. I could just do a pay what you want model and I could donate all the proceeds to an organization that's doing amazing work yeah. at the intersection of these two causes that I care about. And so Jason and I came up with this plan. We're recording this on a Thursday. We came yep. up with this plan two Fridays ago. Yep. To, and so you were very instrumental in like actually bringing this to fruition because it was so overwhelming in my head of how to actually make this happen. And you were like, here's what we do. We take photos of the pieces. We list them. We make them into gumroad products for pay what you want. We establish a minimum price just to cover the shipping. And then people can pay over that whatever they want. Yep. So we put this whole site together. And then I remember as we were taking the photos, I remember like seeing a bunch of these pieces and being like, 
you know, I hope people get that these are like imperfect pieces of art that I did for this project. And I, this idea came to me of, you know, it's not fine art. They're not these like perfectly curated oil paintings. They're like unfine art. And then I thought, well, there's this interesting plan words with being unfine doing a fundraiser for a mental health organization because we're all unfine at some point or another. No. And just because we need mental health support doesn't mean that that's not fine. Like it's fine to be unfine. So that's where the idea of the unfine art sale came about. Jason wanted to call it fart sale. Yeah. Which I thought was cute and great. <laughs> um, Domain was not available. Fartsale.com. Fartsale.com. Yeah. So we listed 70 pieces of art. Yeah. We went through, combed through 300 pieces and chose the 70 we winners. We chose the 70 winners. We, took photos of all of them. I created a website. I created listings for created all of them brand. on Gumroad, <laughs> created a brand for it. Um, and then I um, found an amazing organization called Sista Afia Community Care. And they are a nonprofit arm of this organization in Chicago that basically creates free therapy and mental wellness um, community workshops for young adults in the Chicago area with a special emphasis on serving black women. Yeah. And what I love about their organization is that they really come at mental wellness from a community perspective and from a cultural perspective. So it's offering therapists who, you know, look like the people they're serving, who have the same culturally informed backgrounds and providing, you know, accessible mental health resources to people who can use it. So, yeah. um, I, I made sure to reach out to the organization before and said, Hey, I have this idea of this art sale I want to do. I don't want to use your organization name and logo without your consent they were very on board and very excited to be the recipients of the fundraiser and so helps that you're so famous on instagram <laughs> yeah i'm sure they were like who is this random woman like well, what, sure I, we'll let you pay us yeah but i do think there is some truth to that like if someone emailed and was like has a hundred followers on instagram and not a lot of art posted well i don't know but, but you have twenty thousand followers on instagram and like hundreds of art pieces posted like it, it validates it a little sure, bit maybe you know? but um I was just really excited to find an organization that I really cared about that was at the intersection of those two things I mentioned. So yeah. we did, we put up the, we did push back the date because I was feeling like I didn't have enough time. I'm really glad we did that. So yep. we started it as recording this on Thursday. We started it this Monday. Yep. Um, four days ago. Four days ago. And so almost all the pieces are gone. So last week we, we did some predictions on the podcast. Oh, so we did. We did. So we didn't we didn't know like what it was gonna be called or how, but like we were ready to with the amount of pieces and like that type of thing. I predicted that it would be sold out by Wednesday, which was yesterday. You predicted that all the pieces wouldn't sell mm -hmm. by the end of the week, mm -hmm. Friday. Mm -hmm. um, and the first day it was looking good for me. And I, I even know. got some DMs on Instagram, which is great. People were like, You said you on the said podcast. It. And it was a fantastic start. I mean, over half of the pieces sold in the first day. And actually, I think half of the pieces sold in the first two hours. I will give you, yeah, half the pieces sold in the first two hours. So I will give you that that really surprised me. Yeah. So I think Yeah, you so where we're at right now as of recording, there are nine pieces left. Yeah. And, the, you know, it, it's subjective if people like the oh, totally. remaining pieces. Yeah, and it if doesn't those offend are gonna me sell. in any way. You have already said, like, a handful of the ones you don't like sold. So, like, at this point, it's just... Yeah, some of the ones that are still left, I'm like... Those are some, I like those. those are some good ones. I like those. Yeah, but that's the whole part of this, right? Is is letting someone else decide and this is what we talked about when we went through all the pieces was you you have to let someone else decide if they want this. Absolutely. Also, you have to feel good about it, but you know, doing that. So, um 
Yeah, nine pieces left as of recording. It ends tomorrow afternoon. So if you're listening to this as of the day this podcast went up or the Friday the day after, uh, December 17th is the day after, uh, check it out, unfineartsale.com. Grab one of those last pieces. All of the money, uh, the proceeds, the profits are getting donated. Yep, and so- and what? Do you want to say how much? The number? Yeah. We, we're not going to give specific exact numbers yet. Right. I can't give you an exact number yet because basically all the money that the sale makes, we are going to use that to cover the cost of the shipping supplies and then also the shipping itself. So I won't have a final, final, final number for you until we actually ship all the pieces and can take out the costs. But I can confidently say yeah. that we will be donating at least... $4,000 to this so organization, cool. which is, feels really cool and feels really just gratifying to see my art come full circle and know that like a lot of the, my own journey with mental health was creating those pieces and, and going on this artistic journey and art is such a healing thing for me. And then to actually see that the product of that healing is going to provide healing for someone else. Yeah. Gives me chills from my head to my toes. Well, what's really cool too, is you said they have a fundraiser going for the end of the year, Sista uh-huh. Apia, mm-hmm. and they're trying to raise what? $30,000. I think 35 is their 35. end of year campaign. So and I they mean, had 3000 so far. No, I don't know what their thing is up to, but the fact that $4,000 yeah. is like what? A ninth of that. 10%. Or, yeah. yeah. Like that's yeah. cool. So yeah, that's really cool. So I just, that I am really glad that we went through with it. There was a moment where I thought be, due to how I felt and what little resources I had left to give, I thought, are we making this harder on ourselves? We're doing this thing that is just a thing that we decided to do. Like a headboard for your bed. Superfluous. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> and then I just have to give you a big shout out and a lot of credit because you sat down and you were like, I hear you. I hear your concerns. And if you decide that you want to cancel this, we will cancel it. But we've done at this point where I was having my a little my mini breakdown. We were ninety percent of the way there. We just right. had to like just how projects some stuff. go. I know. This and is you it. were like, you only have this little bit. I was really worried also about the fulfillment based on how I was feeling. And you yeah. said, I will handle this. Yeah, I will do it. I, you know, again, if you don't want to do it, we'll we'll quit. Like that's fine. But I can help support you through this if this is something that you want to follow through on. And it ultimately was. And I just give you so much credit. You sat there the night before finishing all the listings with me and making sure Gumroad was all set up correctly. You woke up at 6 a.m. like you normally do. You took over my Instagram to post the link (laughs) so that people could buy. You supported me through the whole thing. You managed all the replacing all the sold pieces throughout the day when I was just at my wits end. That took like my full day Monday was replacing all those. And I just love you because you just really are so supportive. I know it's a little bit of trauma anticipating people's (laughs) needs. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's fine. And for me, this is this is such a good example of had this project just been for us to make money, we would have abandoned it because it's not saying we don't need money. Like we do need money to live. It's just our businesses have finally gotten to a place where we are making enough money that now doing all the extra projects, we don't have to do. We had to do the extra projects a couple years ago to pay our bills. We're at this awesome place where thankfully Wayne has worked out in the way that we had hoped after three years. And we have a year in review podcast episode upcoming where we'll share some more thoughts and, and things on that. But now, you know, you make these decisions, and I think this is so crucial for anybody listening to this, where it becomes so much more motivating when it's for someone Someone else's benefit. Absolutely. Because when it's just for you to put a little bit more money in your bank account, I totally understand that there are people listening who are like, wow, it must be nice, and I have to think about putting a couple more thousand dollars in your bank account. We've been there. I know what that feels like when you need that. But when you finally get to a place where things are working well enough, 
it, it actually motivated me more to yeah. get this site finished because that money would benefit other people and not us than it would have a couple of years ago when it just, we had to pay our bills. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it would have felt as good either. Like it feels so good knowing that humans get these art pieces, other humans who need mental health resources benefit from us putting to the work in to do this. And here's the other thing, and I've said this in a couple different places, is like no one will see the amount of work that you put into this. A, just the creating of the things, which took you a year. B, the creating of the website, which took you a full week of creative work and, and working through shingles and like your you know mental health and like pushing through that. The night before fixing all the things, doing all that. Not to mention, we have 70 pieces, 26 of which you have to do a custom hand lettering on. We have to spray a fixative, whatever that is. <laughs> we got to finish the edges of the canvases. We have to pack all of them up. We got to print all the shipping labels. Like, there's a whole other week of work ahead. And I'm not saying that to complain. I'm just saying it for folks to hear so much effort can go into something like this that you don't see. And that's all I wanted to share was how much effort you've put into this that people won't see because it looks easy from the outside. That's all. Sure. And I also just want to add a caveat to that, which is, you know, I also don't want to over glorify hard work because it's like, yeah, you know, you don't I'm need, not to, saying everybody you don't need to, to martyr yourself in yeah. order to do something that's worth that a project is worth doing. Like, a project is not as valuable as how far past your your boundary you can push yourself. So let's also just mention that. But yes, thank you for that acknowledgement. I do appreciate it. It you know it does take a lot of work, but it's that's not the focus, right? The focus is where that money goes and the amazing resources that it can provide. Yeah, that's the focus. All right, that's the unfine art unfine sale. Unfine art sale. Um, we do have shingles update. So I will say, as of right now. I just finished my cycle of antivirals for my shingles. Congratulations. Thank you. And I feel really great. I feel like I'm past the hump. Um, thankfully, I the first time I ever had shingles, it was absolutely just atrocious. Because the rash showed up. Because the rash showed up. Yeah. But now I know what it feels like, so I can get it early. And this time and last time, I didn't ever develop the rash. It was just the skin sensitivity and the nerve pain and the... I mean, it's painful. Don't get me wrong, but like, it's totally manageable pain. Yeah, you can sleep. You can sleep. Yeah. yeah. And so, I just feel so grateful. I feel so grateful that we were able to manage it. I feel so grateful that it happened with plenty of time to heal, so that I could get my booster. Because my doctor did say wait until the shingles is over to get your booster. Yeah. But we still have enough time to let the booster fully marinate before we leave. Yeah. And which you definitely want to do with the booster. Marinate. Keep it in like a low temp. Exactly. And just like let just it marinate. Just let it marinate. Yeah. Just baste it. Yeah. Um, and then I'm so grateful that it happened like a month before we were supposed to take off. That gives me plenty of time to like regain my strength and feel good. So lots of silver linings. It, it you know, it was also frustrating to kind of um I've built up this level of trust in relationship with my body. And when it kind of goes in its own direction, um, it can be hard and it can be frustrating. But ultimately, I am responsible for, not overly responsible, but I'm responsible for managing my mental health and, yeah. and you know, checking in with my body and stuff. And so this is just another reminder that, you know, there's, there's a very powerful mind-body connection. This is how my body responds to emotional stress. Yep. I got to manage my emotional stress. Yeah. Yeah. That's and we it. just said for 2022, we're just not talking to family for the year. That's how we'll manage Stop your emotions. <laughs> All right. What else um, we got? You got boosted. I got boosted. I guess that happened after the podcast episode last yeah, week. Yeah, because, or did, wasn't it uh, Monday? Tuesday? I don't it was remember. Tuesday. It was Tuesday, and we record on Tuesday. Was it after? 
I don't know. We definitely haven't recorded since you got boosted. Okay, well, I'm boosted. Yeah, I got boosted up. Because remember, you were pretty tired, like, just a little bit for the second half of the day. I was so weak. I was just such a... You're like, I'm tired. I'm like, welcome to... Yeah, well, here's how my booster went, whether I said this last week or not. So when got the booster at, like, 4 p.m., got it taken care of at a Walgreens, Um, got home, felt fine. I, I know I got a shot in the arm. So that's how it felt to me. It's not like, oh, my arm is so sore. Like, mm-hmm. I remember the second shot of the vaccine. My arm was like, I got punched by science, is remember what mm-hmm. I was saying? Like, it feels like I got hit. This one didn't feel that Which bad. Is so weird because I didn't, my arm didn't feel like I got a shot at all the second one. But so the first weird. one, I felt like I got punched by science. Yeah, so weird. Uh, the So that night, I was totally fine. The next day, I woke up totally fine. Again, like, I could feel that I got a shot in my arm, but it was, it was fine. Like 1 p.m., boom, my body just shuts down. Now, I did a bad thing that morning. I went for a four-mile walk. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have done that. Fit into the microphone. You, you Probably dumb, dumb. shouldn't have done that, but I was feeling fine. So I was like, oh, I'll just go out and go for a walk. Uh, that probably zapped all the energy I had because for the first time in as long as time I can remember, I was just laying on the couch just so tired. Yeah. So I didn't feel bad. I didn't feel like I had like the flu or anything like that. I just was lethargic. Like I just was super tired. Right. So I went to bed at like 9 p.m. and then woke up the next day and felt fine and that's it. And that's how I've been since. So I'm boosted. And, but now I'm jealous because now, now you're, you're boosted and I'm not and it feels weird. Yeah. We're out of balance. We're out of boost balance. We'll like be okay. It. We'll be all right. Like it. It's okay. All right. What's left? Um, that's it. That's okay. what that's all we've been doing. We're on to movies. So Ooh, uh before we get to movies, I'll just say we have four weeks left until we leave. Yes. We will probably take off recording the podcast one or two of those weeks, I would imagine. But I do kind of want to just share because this is an easy thing for us to do is just make a list of bullet points, share what's going on. Yeah, in that's our the lives. only reason we haven't like officially been like we're taking off because it just it's normally fine. we would have. We would have taken off, but you know, we like sharing the behind the scenes and this is a lot easier than writing our emails or doing anything else. We just sit here and gab for an hour, like yeah. two gals just gabbing in the wind, you know? Uh, all right, movies. Movies. Let's talk about movies. So We had another flopper. We had a flopper. Also, very sorry for those of you who reached out that did not appreciate our <laughs> review of Noel. I'm so sorry. Last week, uh, we talked about Noel. You can go listen, listen to that. Listen, Bill Hader yeah. was underutilized. You can't, you can't tell me differently. Yeah. Um, so you picked out... Probably, I think, from a list of, like, un- yeah. unusual Christmas yep. movies. Yeah. I found a list of, like, 40, like, not Christmas Christmas movies, which is, like, Die Hard is always number one on right. this list. So, In Bruges was the first one. In Bruges. Which Colin Farrell. Which I was so excited about because I knew nothing about this yeah. movie except for Colin Farrell. And I... Um, but I was excited because Bruges is in Belgium yeah. and it's one of the places that people told us you should look into because it's beautiful. It's like, yeah. it's like I think the oldest medieval town in Belgium. And so it has these like little canals and these medieval buildings. The it's first very beautiful. opening like three minutes of the movie are just like mostly shots of Bruges and mm-hmm. you're just like, this is beautiful. This is great. This was a Turner offer. Yeah, so this movie was made, I believe, in 2008, I think, somewhere oh, I in the pre-2010s. Uh, within the first eight minutes of the movie, they offended four separate groups of people. Uh, it was very much... I don't know if this is the same era as this movie, but it gives me... I don't. Okay, walk with me here. Oh, I'm here. I don't know anything about this movie. Yeah. I didn't either. No, 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 not yeah. this movie. I'm, I'm about to say a movie. Yeah. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking, Smoking Barrels. Smoking Barrels, yeah, yeah. What's that movie about? Uh, it's about like corruption and okay. like, you well, know, I just remember being probably in like middle school or something. And like my older brother being into that genre yeah. of movies. And this gives me that vibe of like this era of movies that are like very like, um, like 
these character dramas that are kind again, I don't know anything about Lockstock. Yeah, there's a lot more action in Lockstock. Okay, so forget I said However, that. we only got eight minutes into In Bruges before right. we turned it off. Forget I said that, yeah. but I just... No, this, no, it's fine. You can like, say that. I don't... I also don't want to... I don't know if this is not the right thing to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Like, overtly masculine. Oh, very. Yeah, Okay, yeah, like yeah. that era of movies and like... <laughs> yeah, you're just you're you're watching Colin Farrell like just That's make it, fun of a bunch of different groups of people. Yeah, but as just, a as a character, like like I get the point of the movie is that we're supposed to get that this character is very offensive and maybe he goes through some type of character arc right. where he becomes less offensive and learns something about life. But the fact that we have to traverse this like overtly overtly masculine offensive behavior in order to get to some redemption. Not interested. Not to mention the fact that it's being sort of pawned off as dark comedy. We didn't, we just didn't love it. Well, there was nothing funny. There was, there were no, there was no music. Like it was just like super boring. That's what I mean. It it was like that, that era of like slow moving, lack of music, like character driven, dramas where you're supposed to go like, Oh, this, this has a perspective. Yeah. So your potatoes, uh, we didn't even potato it. That's a zero. It doesn't get any potatoes. It's a zero. Zero potato. You don't get a potato. Yeah, zero you potatoes. don't get a potato. Second movie. This was your pick. Oh, yeah. So I saw people talking about this, a couple of friends talking about Single All the Way. Yes. So Single All the Way. Was it on Netflix? Yes. Okay. Single All the Way is a just a quintessential uh, Christmas rom-com, it I is. will say. It is. Um, now, we will also say... I don't even think I knew this going into it because I just saw people saying, oh, Sing All The Way is cute. And then I remembered I had seen the trailer, but the main character in the movie or the main characters are two gay men, which is a different spin on just the heteronormative Christmas comedy that you normally see. So it it was great for us to watch that and just... I almost liked the fact that it was almost like a formulaic Christmas movie. Yeah. Because... There were parts of it that were like that were like a little bit too on the nose of, course. of them being very self-referential and being like, "Look, there's two gay men." Like yeah. a lot of like t- of the comedy was around them being, you know, gay men. Um, and I and again, I'm not a I'm not a gay person, so I can't necessarily comment on that. But even as like a you know straight person watching it, I was like, "Does this feel like they're making it like so much about the fact that right. they're gay?" Right. But but I also recognize that. In order for us to one day live in a world where that is not noteworthy whatsoever, which I think is where we'd all like to get to, right? Where it's just like different types of movies with different types of people. Um, I think a stepping stone in the right direction is like, okay, we have to go through this era of where we're doing the tropey thing. Right. But there is better representation to hopefully get past that to a place where it's not tropey anymore. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I will say, I told you this when we were watching the movie, it's, I think the first movie I can think of that I've watched with two gay main characters. Yeah. And I know that sounds really weird, but even if you go and look at a bunch of movies that you've seen, unless you watch movies that are predominantly with gay actors and LGBTQ uh, plus, um, you know, like I, I just, that's not my realm of normal watching. I watch like what Netflix tells me to watch because I'm that person and you have like one character. And so you're very used to that. And so seeing their relationship kind of unfold throughout this movie, I get it. It's a completely made up fictional movie, but it was, it was interesting Refreshing to me. And, yeah. I was yeah. just like, this is so different. I have not seen this. And also I don't actually know how I feel 
watching it because I've never seen it happen before. And at the end, I was like, that was great. I want more of that. Like, I yeah. want to see more interesting dynamics of people that I haven't seen before because they just had, like, such a fun relationship that didn't have to play out in the way that normal relationships tend to play out in these movies. Which is so dumb, right? Because you're like, it's 2021. Like, the fact that you the fact that it is refreshing is like almost so such a shame that it's taken. This Absolutely. Long. So that's always the thing, right? Is like you, it's like, it's this double edged, um, reaction of being simultaneously happy that there is more representation that, you know, we're seeing more of it, but the other there's, it's always tinged with this element of like, really it's taken this long. Yeah. And I will say, I fully admit we have not sought out movies that have been Absolutely. more representation. So like that's on, that's work for us to do to find Absolutely. it. And, and this is the thing, right? Is that, is that as you know, a heterosexual couple, the entire like canon of Christmas rom-coms are made yeah, for us. Absolutely. Right? And so, yeah. and so we haven't ever had to seek anything out because it's just been spoon fed to us. So that, that I think also, is a great um, basis of dialogue for being like, oh, that's so interesting. Like yeah. that just shows you the fact that it is, you know, I'm sure that the, those movies do exist, but the fact that it is so, so different for us is so, is only speaks to the fact that it's so spoon fed to us. I don't think we look, did we look up trivia? I don't remember us looking up trivia. Oh, I don't think we did. Oh no. Did. Cause you know what? That was the um, fireplace issue. Oh, oh, yeah, because we didn't do potato score either. We didn't because we, we had to cut it in half. <laughs> That's oh, right. Oh, I also will see, say, now that we've talked about, like, the, um, you know, impact of the representation in that movie, just on the movie as a whole, it's definitely more a romance than a comedy, I it would is, say. It is, absolutely. It, it has its comedic moments. Some of the timing falls flat, I would yeah. say, and is a little bit cheesy. But if you like cheesy holiday movies, it, absolutely. it's so heartwarming. Yeah. It, you know, it's not a movie I would pick, but I thoroughly enjoyed watching the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I, I actually, I will say when we turn it off to cut it into two parts, go to the fireplace issue, we'll save you the details of, because details apparently are stupid and I shouldn't say them, uh, is that I was sad that we turned it off. Like I wanted to yeah, keep watching. I, I wanted know. to know like how the story unfolded. Yeah. So. Also, we didn't even talk about the fact that it's an interracial couple. It is as well, well yeah. which I, we also appreciate. Um, uh, all right. What's your, what's your potato score now? If you had to score it. Oh, um, six and a half. I was going to say seven Great. because I, I, I wanted to keep watching it. Yeah. Like it wasn't that funny. Like there were, but like it kept my interest and I, you know, you know how it's going to end up, right. but I wanted to see how they got there. And there, you know, there were some interesting things. So yeah, I think it's a solid seven. It Great. falls into like the scream solid seven solid category seven, for me. Entertaining. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, that's it. Oh, you didn't even want to talk about our fireplace issue? No, it's fine. All if right. we get some requests that people want to know about this fireplace issue, we can talk about it. But the details to me are irreverent and not important. You know, I don't like sharing The details them. are irreverent? I strike them from the record is what I do. And the I, details are irreverent? I the sustained. Okay? On the details, I am The details sustained. are irreverent? That's what I'm saying. That's how bad they are. And they're irrelevant. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, that's it for us this week. We'll be back next week. We'll share more of what's going on in our world as we get closer to traveling abroad, way around the world. Wow. 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 Thanks for Great listening job. to yeah. the podcast. Yeah, and like I said, and we have commenting we got a year in review coming up, so we'll share some things. Emailing, and, DMing yeah. us. We really Always appreciate love hearing it. from you. Love to hear from you. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.